Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where we get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Mihir Gupta, who is the co-founder at uh, Teachment, uh, which is a school management platform in a layman's language because, you know, I'm the right, not the right person to define uh, what it is. Uh, so join me in welcoming uh, Mihir. Hi Mihir, welcome to ELI. Hi Priya, so, uh, thank you so much for having me on board. Very excited to uh, to be on your podcast, and thank you so much for uh, uh, for for doing the podcast and giving this daily dose of inspiration to uh, so many founders. I, I I remember myself when when before I started, uh, I used to follow a lot of podcasts uh, daily and and get my dose of uh, inspiration to become a founder. So great service that that you're doing uh, to the entire ecosystem. Thank you. It's it's my pleasure and it's my team's pleasure as well. Uh, introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so uh, I lead the company here at Teachment along with three other co-founders. And uh, I think as I as I tell my journey, a good chunk of Teachment's early journey also gets covered. Um, so, so let me talk about uh, about my journey, and we'll cover a bit about how the co-founders met, uh, how Teachment got started, etc. So, uh, so I come from Bhopal. That's my hometown. Born in there, uh, did my entire schooling there. And uh, one of my co-founders, Payoj, who leads product for us, he's a school friend of mine. So we go back uh, a couple of decades, and uh, in fact. Payoj is someone who also comes from the education industry uh, background. So his family uh, runs a K-12 school in a remote place in MP. And uh, this was the reason, uh, uh, this is how actually we started looking at education a few years back uh, from his experience there and his passion there for education and how it got started as an industry focus. But I think uh, that came a lot later. Uh, right out of school, I joined IIT Bombay. Uh, Payoj went on to join IIT Delhi. And uh, at IIT Bombay, I studied mechanical engineering. Uh, most of my time there was spent in doing a lot of robotics. So, so this is where uh, we created a team uh, that used to create underwater robots. And uh, we used to create these autonomous submarines or autonomous underwater vehicles mm -hmm. and take them to a competition in the US uh, at a US naval facility every year. So this okay. is how I actually met uh, one of my uh, other co-founders, Anshuman, who leads uh, tech and engineering for us. And I think this is, in some sense, uh, uh, also was one of the first exposure into, into creating something, into creating some uh, a product, creating some value of, let's say, uh, coming together, creating a team of around 30 people, mm -hmm. uh, making them work in let's say tight budgets, fundraising for the team, and then ultimately taking it to some completion in some form or sense. So, so this is this is where I spent a lot of time uh, back at campus. And, uh, and out of campus, uh, started my career in consulting. So I was with McKinsey for a few years, uh, worked with them uh, a lot in Southeast Asia as a geography. So countries like Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, et cetera and spent some time in India as well. This is where I met my fourth co-founder, uh, Divyansh, uh, who leads growth and operations for us. So Divyansh is also from IIT Bombay, but we never met there. In fact, we met at McKinsey. We are part of the same team there and got to know each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this is, this is in some way how 
also a team got created of of like minded individuals uh, where where we all knew that we all wanted to start up at some point mm. and uh, started brainstorming on ideas started spending time together outside of work and um, uh, in fact after mckinsey um, i took a break and uh, and did some soul searching and realized that this is the time that that i start uh, working for startups so uh, joined oyo was part of their expansion journey again in southeast asia so led revenue and profitability for them in malaysia one of the earliest countries that they launched uh, outside of india mm -hmm. and uh, and and i think uh, at some point uh, also got the realization that um, a lot of a lot is actually starting to happen uh, back home in india and, uh, and and we had that realization me as well as my other co-founders that it was also high time that uh, that that we start up we had a few ideas Mm. and kind of decided at one day that okay let's pack our bags move to bangalore bangalore is where a lot of uh, activity is happening yeah. and uh, and 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 we moved to bangalore uh, this was around 2019 and uh, in fact uh, things did not happen immediately uh, uh, we did we were not able to kind of start up in a meaningful way uh, immediately so i ended up taking jobs at different places so i also worked for uh, a fintech startup called Open uh, Financial or Bank Open. Mm. They are a neo bank in the SME space. Led their lending and wealth businesses uh, till we started Teachment in uh, in mid 2020. Mm. So, so the idea behind Teachment, uh, I, I think, just um, uh, for the audience to understand, uh, we are an education infrastructure company. Uh, what we mean by that is we are solving for the intersection of digital infra and education. Um, and our, what it means in practicality is that we are an education SaaS company that is catering to uh, uh, multiple institutions and stakeholders within the education ecosystem. So the way Teachment got started was, was also from uh, learnings from my own co-founder school, where we realized that uh, there has actually been very little uh, penetration of technology or digital adoption when it comes to education as, in, as an industry. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, compared to other industry, this is one industry that is really lagging behind when it comes to digital adoption. If we go back to even our own schools, our own classrooms, uh, we would realize that pretty much they look, feel, and 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 teaching and learning happens the same way it used to happen a few decades ago. Hmm. And this is something that we realized uh, was there was a big gap of of just uh, technology enablement in the education space. So if you look at the mission of teachment as well. It is about expanding the potential of education through technology. So we are fundamental believers that education is something that drives the world forward and technology is something that can really expand the way uh, uh, education really has an impact on people and its potential. Mm -hmm. So so this was mid 2020 again. Uh, this is when uh, or early 2020 when when pandemic was really hitting hard and uh, and teachers across India, across the world were, were really finding it hard to teach online and, and adopt to that sudden shift. And so was the case in, in my co-founder school where, uh, where teachers were struggling with, uh, with multiple disconnected tools of taking live classes on cert certain platforms like Google, uh, Google Meets, Zoom, even Facebook Live in some cases, using WhatsApp for communication, Google Forms for assessments, etc. And we realized that, uh, on digging deep, we realized that there has been very little productization for a teaching use case. Very little products have been built, keeping a teacher in mind and keeping an education stakeholder in mind. So 
So this is how the idea of Teachment was born, uh, that can we create an application for teachers? Can we create a product for teachers? And hence the name Teachment as well, because we always had teachers at the center of, uh, of how uh, we have been building. Uh, so, so going back to uh, around May 2020, we, we put together an application, an Android app that teachers could simply download on their phone, uh, create classrooms, and those classrooms can be used to uh, onboard uh, students and they, they can like, take live classes, they can give homeworks, assessments, etc. Mm -hmm. And I, I recall that even before uh, listing on Play Store, we gave this APK to a few teachers, the APK of the Android application. So people who are not familiar with APK, this is like an executable version uh, mm -hmm. uh, of, a, uh, of an application for for, uh, right. for an Android phone. And uh, and and this, we realized that this APK started going viral on mm -hmm. on on uh, uh, on teacher groups, WhatsApp groups, etc. And even before we were listed on Play Store, we realized that there was this real need that the product is solving, and uh, and there are users, real users, that are uh, using the product. Uh, so this is how we got started. Uh, we saw just massive amounts of virality of teachers adopting the product and teachers across different kinds of backgrounds. So you had school teachers, um, you had uh, coaching teachers, tuition teachers, you had university professors um, using the platform. And this kind of reinforced uh, uh, the need to us that education software remains a white space when it comes to all kinds of educational use cases. And I think going back uh, or looking back over time, Teachment started uh, evolving as a full-fledged SaaS solution for, for the stakeholders that we were catering to. So these teachers were part of institutions. These institutions were uh, K-12 schools, they were colleges. Uh, and this is where uh, we started maturing as, uh, as an education SaaS player. And today, uh, like you were mentioning, we are now uh, uh, a full-fledged integrated school platform uh, where what we do is take institutions through their digitization journeys, in many cases, first-time digitization journeys, mm -hmm. and, and act as a, as a complete SaaS platform, powering their institutions right from their back office to their front office to uh, their academic solution to an entire learning management solution that brings stakeholders across the board, like administrators, principals, teachers, students, and parents on one platform and uh, and really drives this entire ecosystem forward. So, so that has been the journey so far, Priya. Uh, uh, across this journey, um, uh, a lot of like-minded people joined us. So really proud of the team that we've been able to put together uh, over this journey and, uh, and, and, and going places together. Got you. Uh so one thing I'm curious, uh, when you, uh, you said you launched the APK version and it went viral. So I just want to understand how did you get it right? I mean, many people who launch apps or uh, SaaS platforms, they take years to, you know, achieve that product market fitment, but uh, somehow you just figured it out uh, before even launching on the Play Store. So what are the different steps that you took? Uh, so, to make sure that the, this is the right product that you have built for the market. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, multiple factors go into it, Priya. I think uh, if you look back at it, 
just figuring out the right recipe of uh, what were the five, six different things that went into doing that um, often becomes difficult. But if you look at it, there were some core fundamentals you always kept at the center of uh, how we have built product since we started and how we are building it now as well. I think what we did as the first thing uh, was, was we spoke to the user, right? We spoke to the primary user. So in our case, the primary user, the primary stakeholder was teachers. Mm. So we said that ultimately we're creating a product for teachers. So, uh, so let's start talking to teachers. So we spoke to a lot of teachers, uh, understood their needs. Um, as we were creating different versions of the product, right from, let's say, uh, creating the initial screens to, let's say, creating the first version. Uh, in fact, the circulating the APK also came from, from that entire approach that once you have created the first product, let's give it to a few teachers and see what they say. Uh, after giving it to a few teachers, telling them to use it, uh, asking for constant feedback, being in their classroom. So when, let's say, uh, a lot of them were starting to use it for their live classes, being present in a lot of these live classes. So we remember being in hundreds and hundreds of these live classes, um, uh, seeing what are the challenges that they're uh, seeing, uh, uh, speaking to their students on how is the experience on their end. Um, so I think just being embedded with the user uh, mm -hmm. and being embedded day in and day out uh, uh, really helped. I think if, if there was one thing that we made sure that we were doing was, was just this uh, being, being present with the user. And the next question uh, coming to my mind is uh, when you build a good product, uh, it is a cost, ex uh, it's an expensive affair. Uh, there's just some costs associated with it. So can you tell us how do you fund your application building initially? And uh, also, if there was a funding involved in the initial uh, stage, so tell us about it. Sure, sure. Um, I think there was uh, there was uh, a plan that we started with, and 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 then there was things that they that, that actually uh, ended up happening. So I would say, so uh, when we started. Uh, most of our, so three of us were, were doing jobs. Anshuman was doing his own startup at that point, my tech co-founder. So Fayosh, Divyansh and I, we were, we were already doing jobs at that point. And, uh, and we were taking out time from our day jobs. Uh, if you, if you remember, uh, when we, when we started working on the product, this was also the time that lockdown was there in the country. Mm. So I used to remember that, uh, we were working at home. Uh, I was doing my day job and then in the evening, uh, after I'm done with the job, uh, I used to, uh, get the duty of doing dishes at my home that, uh, um, I was doing dishes because there was lockdown and you, you do your own dishes. And, mm. uh, and this is when I used to kind of get over a video call, put that phone in front of me and my other co-founders would join. Um, and then we would discuss guys, what is happening? What moved today? And Anshuman was the only one who was full-time then. And since he, he was also a developer. Uh, he started building the product. So most of the questions were <laughs> with human that how are things moving and, and how's the product coming along. And in this journey, so uh, if you look at it, um, uh, we were all uh, maybe around uh, uh, anywhere between, let's say, four four to six years into our careers. Um, and at that point, you you haven't had a lot of savings put together. So, mm -hmm. so all, all, we all kind of spoke to each other, that guy is... Uh, uh, how much can we pull out from our savings uh, now that we are getting serious and, and we want to go all in and we put this number that okay all together we are able to let's say uh, 
put maybe 18 lakh rupees out of our saving. Um, uh, so like Payoj and Divyansh and I decided that, okay, we'll pull out 6 lakh rupees each and uh, and we'll put, to, put, put that together. And that might last us for, let's say, the next six months, one year or so. Uh, I think if we if we plan it properly, uh, we are pretty sure that we'll be able to take it to one year. So, so that's that was the initial comfort that we had. That okay, um, this is this is an amount that we are comfortable putting into the company and going all in, and 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 that's how we started. In fact, and but but the way it happened is that we started. We launched the product in a few months. So so in a couple of months, we were able to put together the MVP. The MVP started spreading quite fast. Um, and and we were able to secure our first round of funding quite early in our journey. So, so and, and it, it wasn't uh, as if that we were looking out of it uh, out for it as well. So it was also a lot of serendipity that uh, one of an ex co-founder that we knew uh, uh, happened to introduce us uh, on his own to to this uh, this early stage investor who's really popular. You might know about him, Weber from Better Capital. Mm. That uh, there are these guys that I know uh, doing something, uh, and uh, this is a great team. Why don't you have a word with them? And now we were like, oh, this introduction has already happened. So uh, one day before the introduction, we are like, let's put together a deck and go prepared into this conversation. And it so happened that this, that conversation clicked. Um, and Webo uh, had been looking at this space for quite some time. Mm. Uh, he, he felt passionate about what we were building. And uh, and we realized that in the first pitch, uh, you you have this uh, this this wonderful coincidence that you find the right investor and uh, and he commits uh, the first funding to you. So so we were lucky in getting uh, that that initial fundraise quite quickly in our journey, and then then kind of uh, uh, saw multiple quick rounds of funding given the kind of fast pace at which we were growing as well. So. So that has been the journey. The plan was uh, was to bootstrap for quite some time, and we were prepared to do that. But got got quite lucky uh, and wonderful coincidence that found the right investors at different uh, parts of our journey. What what was the uh, traction that you had got uh, when you got the first uh, round of funding? So uh, what did you show to the investor? This is what I have. This is what we have. Yeah, so so what we had were, uh, at that point was was a growing base of teachers. So uh, I think um, we had, uh, if I'm not wrong, a few hundred or a few early thousand teachers that were using the product, and, and their students that were using the product with growing traction of how they're using the product, how much they are using, uh, good feedback from those customers, uh, those those initial users. Uh, and I think beyond that, just a just a very strong uh, conviction about what we were building. I think uh, uh, initially that is what matters, right? Uh, a commitment to go all in. This was a time that we had put in our papers, uh, had decided to go all in and, and build this, uh, had a lot of passion about what we are doing. So I think apart from the initial traction, the initial product, uh, it was just the four of us being super passionate about what we are building. Um, uh, at the stage that we uh, raised the, the first round of funding. Uh, one thing I want to understand is the dynamics between co-founders. Since uh, you have four, uh, four, you are four founders. So I just want to understand uh, things like how do you deal with uh, disagreements and conflicts between the founders? How do you, for example, uh, how did you divide the work when you just started? How did you decide 
uh, who will handle sales, who will handle marketing, or was it based on since you have been doing sales, so you handle sales, and since you did product, you did product. How did it uh, you know work, and how did you who handled those areas where nobody had worked, where there is there was a skill gap, if I may call it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think relationships. The co-founders uh, uh, keep on evolving, right? I think it's a continuous journey and it keeps on changing because in our case, uh, when we started, we were a bunch of friends, uh, uh, right? Friends, ex-colleagues, uh, known each other in all kinds of different capacities. Um, so so um, it keeps on evolving. But I think one thing that remains constant is just an enormous amount of, uh, amount of trust. That was the reason that we've been brainstorming as a team for a few years uh, before we even started. And... Uh, and once we started, I think uh, the roles for us kind of naturally fit together. So if I go role by role, then uh, for Payoj, him leading product was the most natural thing because he's the closest to the customer. He's the closest to our user. He's someone mm -hmm. who comes from the education industry background. So, mm -hmm. and, and that is something that we felt was really important for the person leading the product to understand. Um, so Payoj started leading product. He was also passionate about product as well. So, so someone who, who, who has been studying education products for, uh, for a lot of years um, and, and someone who inherently believes in creating great products and, and something that is really passionate about in his life. Anshuman is a great developer. So, uh, so he's someone uh, who used to lead software for us even when we were, we were doing robotics back at college. Mm. And... Uh, and someone who is super passionate about software, building software at scale. So kind of became natural that he's the guy who leads engineering and, and software for us. Um, uh, so that's how Anshuman kind of took the engineering lead role. And and between Divyansh and me, Divyansh and I uh, both come from backgrounds which are, which are business backgrounds. We have worked in consulting. We have worked for, uh, for startups in business roles. Um, so Divyansh uh, uh, has a lot of experience in growth and, uh, and, and has a growth mindset on how he looks at things. So he took on the growth role uh, for us. While for me, it was, I was also kind of uh, the person who bought, brought all of these together, um, kind of bringing everyone together. So my role become, became also tying all of these forces together and, and driving in a common direction. So, mm. so, so, so putting together all of, all of the thoughts, efforts, process together and leading the entire team. So that's how uh, for us, the co-founding structure kind of got created. And, and in many cases, uh, uh, so four, four co-founders is a large team. It's a large co-founding team um, uh, objectively. So, so it, like you said, it also comes with all the pros and the cons. So the pros is that uh, you are also able to sh share a lot of stress and a lot of responsibility. Uh, so because these are all individuals who are equally invested and equally motivated about driving the company, you're able to uh, divide a lot of zero to one stuff, right? So, mm. so you're able to trust the, other, uh, the individual, pass on something that is really critical, stressful, and, and able to manage that. So sometimes I, in fact, uh, I wonder about single founders, the enormous amount of stress that they would be going through, given that there is uh, no other co-founder to share that uh, in that journey. So, 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 so that is the advantage and, uh, and um, of doing this, but I think the disadvantage is that you, you also sometimes have discussions that you have to kind of get everyone on board. You might have mm. different views. So for us, the way we, we operate is that if someone has a very strong point of view about something, 
then we go with that point of view. Uh, and and let's say let's say if Divyansh has a very strong point of view about uh, about the way we are selling the product or the way we are doing sales, and I don't believe very strongly either ways. I will trust Divyansh with that decision and I will go with it. So that's the kind of trust equation that you build, and it's only decisions where let's say you have completely opposite and polar different views in how you're thinking that, that they actually stretch and you spend time doing that. But in most cases, you will have that either people are completely aligned or you would have someone who has the strongest point of view about something and you just go with them and trust them with that. Gotcha. Uh, well, one thing I also want to understand, uh, like you mentioned, uh, uh, your app had a virality element and a lot of teachers uh, started using it. Uh, uh, but I want to know all of it uh, was on a trial basis and uh, teachers were not essentially paying. How did you go from, you know, um, having a free product that everybody loves to use to making money for that product? How did you earn the first revenue? And and also simultaneously, you can give us a perspective on how you are earning revenue now. How, what are the different revenue streams? Sure, sure. So, so for uh, uh, for a good chunk of our journey, uh, we are we are completely a free product, right? So, so Teachment application even today is a free application for any teacher to adopt. Uh, you can download the application, onboard your students, use the product to any extent that you want to utilize uh, as an individual teacher. Um, I think at some point in our journey so the way it started was that we, we we had to do a lot of experimentation right so 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 you try a lot of different things some work some do not work i think for us the realization uh, was that uh, ultimately monetization uh, for the product uh, for a saas product in our case will come through an institutional journey so so teachers are part of institutions uh, they would be part of, let's say, uh, schools, they might be part of colleges, etc. And, and these are the stakeholders that you ultimately monetize from. So, so for us, uh, uh, the way we kind of matured, or if I look at the exact journey from, from, a, from a teacher application to a product that, that became monetizable, was that we, we started creating value add for, uh, for the institutions. So on top of the teacher product, we, we first created a layer that enabled visibility, transparency, and control uh, uh, in, with administrators, uh, principals, and owners of these, of these institutions, of these schools, and other organizations. And, and then we started with a, with a pilot that can we take this product to some of the users that are already using uh, the product and, and ask them to pay for it, for this institutional layer that we have built for it. And, and there as well, we took a premium approach that uh, that you experience uh, even the enterprise layer or the administrative layer uh, in a premium manner. And for deeper features, you pay for it. And, and this is where we realized that uh, uh, that institutions really wanted that deeper enablement and deeper value, and and wanted business enablement for us uh, to tie their operations together, bring all stakeholders on one platform. And this is how, let's say, uh, from purely a free product, we started monetizing as well. And uh, and and so the to answer your question, uh, uh, we have a we have a SaaS pricing model that is premium in nature. Uh, institutions can use the free product, or for premium features, they can pay for the product. Uh, and these are SaaS subscriptions that you buy depending upon the number of students in your institution. So there are student slabs by which the product is priced. So that is that is how the pricing model works. Got you. Uh due to uh, in the interest of time i just have one more question left 
tell us what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you how would you define the term entrepreneur yeah i think uh, and that's a good question uh, i'm pretty sure you would be getting a lot of definitions uh, yeah. uh, in the podcast i think for me uh, uh, entrepreneurship is about creating value uh, right and, um, and 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 in a very philosophical sense uh, leaving uh, the world a better place uh, right so uh, no no value can be incremental value value can be disruptive value value can be at all kinds of scale but i think what entrepreneurs do is is they create value and uh, and, and they create this value by uh, by creating organizations uh, by creating products uh, by ultimately creating value add to the customers but it's ultimately about about creating value for uh, 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 for individuals organizations people in this world and leaving it a better world so a bit of a philosophical answer but this is what entrepreneurship is about well uh, thank you for your time mihir and it was a great pleasure to have you on our platform thank you so much priya i think uh, amazing having this conversation with you and uh, and looking forward to uh, to more such founder stories on your podcast thank you